0: Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy-Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project and the host of this podcast. The Swan Song Project is a charity based here in England and we support people living with terminal illnesses or dealing with bereavement to write and record their own original song. We believe in celebrating lives, making memories and leaving legacies. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, if you're interested in being supported by us in some way to write your own legacy song, you can check out our website which is swansongproject.co.uk. There's also plenty of ways on there. You can support the charity if you would like to. Uh, the podcast features songwriters. Each episode I have a different songwriter on and we talk about their process, of how they write their songs and share with us the songs meaningful to them in some way related linked to bereavement. The podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Please uh, like, share and subscribe if you enjoy the podcast. We're trying to boost our audience at the moment. Uh, you can get all the back catalogue on there as well. Uh, this episode features Joaquim Kuda and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Joaquin Cuda. Thank you much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm a big fan of your, uh, of your music, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, for anyone who's new to the Swan Song Project podcast, uh, we have a different songwriter on every week, and we talk about one of their songs, uh, how they wrote it and arranged it, and ask them for a songwriting tip. And I also ask them for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. Uh, so I'll hand you over to You'll hear him now and ask if you can uh, introduce your song first, please.
1: Yeah, I chose um, "Over That Road I'm Bound to Go," which is uh, from the new record I just put out in October, and <clears throat> I thought it would be a perfect one to talk about for your podcast because during during this record I was making. Um, my wife's dad got very sick and uh so there was we we had and our daughter was two years old and and so there was a lot of uh heaviness around that time and well so over that road i'm bound is all, all the songs on that record are by Uncle Dave Macon and he was a very famous banjo player born in the late 1800s in Tennessee and who um, sort of repopularized when later in life he became very famous in his 50s and he took all this music from the 1800s which was very popular at the time which would have been like medicine show music and vaudeville sort of um minstrel music and all this folk and blues and re-popularized it in the 20s and became sort of the first star of the Grand Ole Opry that's just to give you a little background on what my record what the sort of what the project was but then I would sometimes come to some of his songs where it seemed that I loved something about the chorus or an idea, but what he was saying, the story, it it didn't pertain, it was so esoteric or maybe it was, um, over that road I'm bound to go, I think he's maybe, he's about to be hanged or he's talking about judge and jury, he killed the man, this whole thing. And it was a little too rough kind of as as a plot for, what I was, loved the idea of he's, this person's gonna, about he's going over that road. Um, And so I thought I wanted to maybe extract a different, or put in a different meaning or just a different feeling. And um, I was, we were, like I started off saying, going through this time with um, my wife's dad. And I started thinking about um, just what are little moments you'd be thinking about maybe as you were kind of in your final moments or hours um, alive. And I wasn't, I just kind of let my mind wander. Not even, I wasn't even sort of saying, I didn't set out to do it, but I just started thinking and things that started coming to me were um, Sort of very uh, mundane things like a time, a certain road that I rode my bike down in Northern California, just seeing where it, where it, where where we ended up. We knew the ocean was somewhere, and we just kept riding on it. Um, so I, I mentioned that that road. I, just, I thought I just thought of it, and then I thought of the smell of a certain plant. In Northern California, and uh, just these kinds of little moments that struck me more than really heavy, really big moments. There was these little things, these little feelings, like smells, and just that random day. <laughs> um, and it the final verse was as he was in his final days. We had this we had the huge um eclipse and this whole day was me driving around trying to find the eclipse glasses you know like the little things you're supposed to wear so you mm. can look up into the sun and uh oh julie their whole family was there and i was driving around like you couldn't find any in the whole city and i there was this urgency to find the <laughs> the the eclipse glasses and i found some like on some guy was selling him like out of his house for so much money because nobody could get him anywhere and um but juliet's dad was not well and he was at that point he was too far gone so the whole family was out and he was very science uh oriented and 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 astronomy oriented and so this would have been such a huge it was just so uh, just made it so much worse like what was that he couldn't come see it so we were all out there as he was inside and we were all looking up, up into the sky so that yeah that was that and so I wanted to say in the song that he was letting us know that not so worried that he would see it
0: mm.
1: when he yeah. goes over the over that road
0: yeah yeah it' it's, yeah, it's a beautiful song and um, well, first it's so sorry to hear about your your wife's dad um, and so you say that was when you were when you were working on the album so was that when you had you had like parts of the songs arranged and he was still quite different bits to him.
1: Yeah, it was all very, it, these things would sort of happen on the spot. Um, I, I had general n- notions that I would do certain songs, but I didn't know until I started recording it whether I would, what I would, if I were gonna change the lyrics, I would sometimes kind of do it on the spot or or see or see into it in a new way on a certain day and be like, ah, oh, that'll be my, that's the key. Um, and you know, it was and and a friend of mine, Raina Gellert, who plays um, fiddle on the whole record, she is also a big time Uncle Dave Macon. You know, she knows all his songs and she knew a lot more songs than I did. And she would keep sending them to me, even as we were, even as when I thought we were done, she would still send new ones. And I would say, oh, okay, we got to do this one now. <laughs> and, and, uh, and some, and I, I think the last song is um, when the train comes along. And that one, God, that one is another one that we could talk about, but. Um, it it didn't occur to me how I was going to sing it until sort of that day when a story came I, I changed the lyrics on that one too I didn't do it all over the place so uh, most of them I kept the way he had them and I just made the music very different but on a few of them when it felt right and it didn't feel forced I tinkered with the lyrics and told a different story
0: yeah brilliant well let's hear the um the the i'll see the video for the over the road i'm bound to go and then we'll carry on talking about it afterwards
2: My stars shining bright while I walk alone tonight. Every station I pass by, thought I heard Little cry. I'm bound to go, bound to go over that road. I'm bound. Air, might call you up when I get there I might see rain, I might see snow But over that road I'm bound to go Just one stop before I go, right down Tennessee Valley Road. Every station I pass by, thought I heard Little Ella cry. over your eyes when you look up in the sky. I'll see you too when I go over that road just so you know. We've not, my dear honey, I'm bound to go
0: So that was uh, "Over the Road," I'm bound to go. Originally written by um, Dave McCon, what's it? Um, yeah, Macon, Uncle Dave, Dave Macon. Uncle Dave Macon. Um, but yeah, arranged and rewritten in parts by yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful arrangement. I mean, the whole album. I just I, I, I've been a bit obsessed with it since it came out. I listen to it regularly. Oh um, my
1: goodness, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it. There's the whole feel of the whole album is just so. Right um, like, it. it entrancing in such a kind of relaxing way that's what i love that it. it just feels like it's very like gentle but but like keeps you hooked with it
1: oh that's i thank you so much for saying that i mean the, the, the main thing is the instrument itself which is this mm. electric impura is it, like you said it's it puts you in a gentle trance-like state and you just you know that was the we just once you anything I, st- I start with that and then it just all goes you know in that in that way mm. um and his songs are catchy and it just the, there's something about putting those two things together that that
0: made this nice like you said gentle kind of trance-like scene <laughs>
1: mm.
0: yeah and that's one thing that it doesn't like doesn't sound like any of the records I've heard before which is partly that combination of the the mbira um, with the types of songs when I first heard it, it's just like yeah, it just it's got that really original mixture to it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's really good um, and so in how you came to to you know what was the incentive to do the, that project really to take Uncle Dave's songs and to arrange them in in these ways? Well, it was it was a bit of an accident because.
1: When I was growing up, my dad played a lot of banjo and um, around the house. And we would, um, I would just sit and listen to him play and he would go from song to song, whatever would come in his head. And one of the ones that I really loved was one of the ones that I did on this record called Morning Blues. I didn't know at the time, he didn't say now this is Morning Blues by Uncle Dave Macon. I mean, I was you know, so young, I just, I love that song. And now all these decades later, I have kids of my own and I brought them to visit my parents one day and he was playing the banjo. I was in the other room and I heard this him start this song and I said, wait, what is that? And he said, Morning Blues, Uncle Dave Macon. And it all, it just came flooding back to me and I, saw that my i was also watching my kids just sitting there listening in a very kind of probably how i had when i was their age so i grabbed the mbira and just started doing kind of what i would do along with him and seeing how it fit in in a way perfectly with my own stuff i do on the mbira and i started playing it in my live show and afterwards like after the first time i played it there was like a a little line of people who wanted to just they all just asked the same thing what was morning what was that song morning blues did you write that who wrote that and it was it was like the only thing they wanted to talk about and i thought oh okay okay um and so i i got this big box set of his music it's like 10 CDs that this label out of Germany called Bear Family, they make these definitive kind of country music box sets. And so I got his and started playing it around the house. And then my daughter became obsessed with it. And she, she would, it would every morning we'd, she'd sit down for breakfast. I would have to put on disc five. It had to be disc five of the Uncle Dave box set and it needed to be in a certain order. And she would, he did kind of like, he had this funny way of introducing the songs and he would laugh at himself and he would, and she would kind of, it was as if he was in the room. And even though he was from like a hundred years ago and he was very present in her mind and he would, she would kind of almost talk to him. And so I, we listened to it so much that I ended up learning all these songs um, the ones that she, I, I basically learned all her favorite songs. And um, thought at, at a certain point, God, I've learned five or six of these, I should record them. And then once I got Rain involved, she sent me a bunch more that I hadn't I'd somehow missed on the box set or they weren't on there. And um, it seemed like a good, good thing to do to try and put it out, you know, find somebody who might be interested. Yeah. So yeah, it was very accidental.
0: Yeah, that's a good story. It was um, yeah, just in case any of our listeners don't know, your, your dad's Raikuda, who's like music royalty, really isn't he? He's uh, he's a complete legend of, of music, he's, he's played on many of my favorite albums over the years. Um, but him playing that for you at such a young age and then playing it for your children is the yeah. would he just play? I mean, I'm assuming he played a lot of songs for you when you were younger, but is, is there something about that song that he would play you know that you know that why he would play it for children is it something that he is anything there i maybe maybe he 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 would play a bunch of songs Mm. like
1: they would just he would go kind of just one to the next just go 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 whatever because you just kind of keep going and as you're playing a thing i think song would come into his head but there is something about morning blues and he probably that's probably why he played it and because all of my daughter's friends who are all five six seven years old they're all love the, the record i put out they're like my biggest fans and it's the <laughs> funnest thing to see them in the morning um you know I, they're like joaquin we just they they have their own names for the song like they have they 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 call it by different things and they always Tell me their favorites, and so it's just. I think there's something that kids. I feel like it's like, all ages. I think I don't know if it's the Embira and his mute. His songs are just so pleasing. Whatever it is, it seems like kids really like it, which I, I'm which I think is amazing because I, I feel like kids are um, bombarded by such. Kind of in your face music. I don't know, you know, like if you listen to what kids' music, like act, music that people make specifically for kids. There's it's so brash and and it's so it's so over the top and loud and kooky and sort of um, grotesque, and uh, I feel like they could stand to have hear something also a little you know it doesn't have to be like that they don't have to be hit over the head you know yeah i'm always we would we would take our daughter to like this you know those kind of gyms where there's balls they jump in and there's mm. sort of like a leap like a teacher i don't know it's when they were really little and they would just blast music <laughs> like pop pop like top 40 sort of and i'm like why do you guys who why do you th- they need this i don't understand why you know what i mean it's like this thing that i would i would always ask them i'd be like who where is it written that is it in your policy that you need to like blast their heads off there are these poor little kids who are trying to like why do you need i mean i was like we're not we're not coming back here unless you stop this and of course like what do they care
0: um anyways (laughs) anyways <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe people are underestimating kids kids taste in music <laughs> that's, that's
1: that's what i'm that's that's yeah. what i'm getting at it can there's a better way
0: yeah and like <laughs> i guess i guess a lot of the time kids aren't given the option of what you know what music do you actually want to listen to a lot of the time kids are brought up on the parents music aren't they but uh, or in the same put in those situations it's like here's generic children music to listen to yeah yeah and it's a while before they can make their decisions normally isn't it of uh, what they actually want to hear
1: (laughs) hopefully their parents music are is is a better option and of course now there's young parents so I don't know what the kids are listening to (laughs) I always imagine like because I'm 42 I just I feel like my friends listen like their parents probably played them a lot of like Beatles and um, you know there, there's a certain era but now yeah. I don't know what parents today or I guess I'm playing them Uncle Dave Macon that's that's all I got <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> a, that's
0: a good place to be <laughs> yeah um, I'm interested in going back to what you're saying about changing the lyrics and things for different different songs um, and so you mentioned that kind of happened quite naturally with Over the Road um, based on the yeah. other stuff that was going on at the time was that how it was with all of them or did you have certain ones where you were like I want to change. I want to tell a different story here, or did it was did that just happen naturally throughout the album?
2: Well,
1: it there was another one called "Come Along, Buddy." That's one of my favorites on the album. (laughs) Oh, good, thank you, thank you. I I love that one too, because one of the main reasons that was the first one I recorded, um, and that one I love the. I kept the chorus getting happy, don't you know? Not no, come, come along, buddy, don't you want to go? But then, each each verse, he would say these little things like, "Who's that girl since uh, since I've been gone?" Something, something with a little red dress on, or I don't know, it was something. Just these little one or two stanza verses, and then he would sing the chorus, and they didn't even really tie together. So I thought, I'm just gonna tell different things, little little snapshots, and. Um, That's all they seem to be in in his version. So, uh, oh, I lost you for a second. Okay,
0: Um, am I back? Yeah,
1: yeah, we're good. Okay, I see what I'm I'm seeing. My battery just got low. I'm going to tell my wife to bring up the the charger.
0: Okay,
1: um, uh, so I'll do that in a second. Um, so for come along, buddy, I was. At the time i was reading my daughter this children's book and i just started almost as a joke i started just singing this story of of the book like he left left my home a week ago and now i'm standing at your window and it's this basically story of this pig in the book <laughs> and but it doesn't it doesn't sound like that it just it's it's evocative of some of any kind of traveling or something and and then it was just be so my daughter would find it funny that I was telling the story (laughs) of of her book to to the audience you know I'd come back from one of my shows and I was like I told Paloma I told the story of the pig Uh, (laughs) but only you know you know because she she thought it was so funny that she was the only one who knew about that and then um and then one verse was, I talk about steam train girl riding up and down. And that was just from a time when we were up in taking, there's this one real old steam train in a town called Felton. in it's just like in the mountains above Santa Cruz. It's like Central Coast, California. And they have this real steam train that you can ride around the Redwoods. And I just thought... I'm going to sing about that. And then the last couple of little verses I about these bottles of a friend of mine who passed away um, when we were 21 now. And just for some reason, it, this image of me, of my, my wife and I went to her house, her, her parents let us go take things. Like, what do you guys want to take of Jessica's? And we were like, well, her bottle collection I just wanted her bottle collection because growing up I you know we were friends in second grade and I would bring her bottles and she had old bottles and I remember bringing her back these funny bottles from Japan that has a ball in it that goes up and down anyways so I was so we left with her bottle collection and so for some reason that made it into the 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 end of the song Uh, it was all just yeah it was just these little moments again because that was somehow that was kind of how uncle dave did it it was they weren't always it wasn't always like a a a through line like a story that starts here and ends there it was kind of just these little little verse and then he sings his chorus and then another little verse that maybe is something different Mm. and that was a cool i liked i liked working that way and i liked thinking that way
0: yeah yeah it sounds like a fun way to do it um, so is that different from how, your usual writing style? Um. Um,
1: yeah, I, yes. I put out a record before this, which was the my first time I had written or sung my own songs, and it's called Fuchsia Machu Picchu. And those are more, um, I, I don't know if you'd say linear, but they're, I guess it was, however, I wrote these songs for the first time. You know, one, the fuchsia Machu Picchu is a kind of plant, which was the first plant we planted in our new our house we bought, and I, um, it wasn't doing well, and I started singing to it, and then it just out of just kind of singing this fuchsia Machu Picchu chant, I. Um, my the the first like the song came out of that Um, i that could be that could be something my songwriting tip for the second part of this podcast is sing to your plants because (laughs) because there's really no there that tip one pro tip one from joaquin cooter is sing to your plants because um I've got one here which
0: look at this poor thing <laughs> that definitely needs singing Oh see. To.
1: <laughs> it needs some it needs you to sing to.
0: It. <laughs> yeah. Um, good stuff, yeah. So it sounds like you've got a very kind of like natural, relaxed way of writing stuff. That things you kind of let things um yeah. come, come through you in that way rather than sitting down with exactly. this is what I'm gonna write now. And
1: I've never been able to do that. There's like people there are songwriters who I admire greatly who go every day it's like they go to the office in a way like they they get in there and they start writing um and but then uh Nick Lowe who I I love very much um as as a songwriter and as a player and as a person he he always talks about something which I think is so incredible and true, which is, um, he calls it the bloke, where it's like, he, if he's visited, it's almost like, he, 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 how does he say it? It's like, he's visited by the bloke. If the bloke comes to him with the song, it's like, as if he didn't, he didn't write it himself. Like it comes mm. down from somebody else, which he refers to as the bloke. and every everything else he does is him trying to copy that like Uh it's like it's it's not and he knows when it's he knows when it's the bloke and he knows when it's him trying to do like an imitation of it Mm -hmm. and I I think that's a really true point because I all my favorite stuff that I've done I look back on I'm like I don't remember struggling or thinking how will I do it like it all kind of it's like a puzzle that just kind of moves around and then just goes like wink. Whereas when I'm struggling, I just know right away. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not, I'm I'm trying to imitate myself. Mm-hmm. And I always see that right away. I'm like, oh, that's that's just some, that's not, this is never gonna be good. Even if I sit there and pound away, like it'll it's it's never gonna come to fruition. But then there's people like John Hyatt who I know, who I think is an incredible songwriter. And I, uh, and he, he works. Oops. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quickly get a charger. Yeah. Can I do that really quickly? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool.
0: Cool. So yeah, you were just talking about um, John Hyatt's style of writing.
1: Oh yeah. He goes, um, I always was under the impression that he, he went to a, he went to write every day Mm. and with that kind of, as if you were going to your job, like he, he, and I mean, wrote many incredible, incredible songs. So I I just, everybody has their different way they approach it. And
0: that's
1: pretty pretty interesting to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I really like that, um, the bloke, way of describing it um me too me too yeah i have not heard it put that way before i've heard the kind of, you know, that, those kind of ideas of like i've heard dylan talk about a lot of that scene like he, he doesn't he didn't know who wrote them songs really a lot of his songs that just kind of came through him in a way and like he couldn't write them if he tried um mm-hmm. but then yeah that feeling of imitating it as well like it's kind of um chasing something isn't it that like there's there's moments yeah. where you just have that inspiration and it's just there and you're in the zone and there's other times where you're yeah imitating yourself is a good way of putting it as well
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i can feel it right away yeah Um,
1: yeah, that's very interesting Mm,
0: definitely brilliant Um, let's move into section two now shall we this is where i asked my guest to share with us a songwriting tip so we've already had had a couple of tips in there but a good one about singing to your plants (laughs) Um, what's what's your next tip for us (laughs) Um, well
1: i I thought about two things. One, to bring it back to the to how I did the Uncle Dave record, which was mm-hmm. I was almost working with kind of like an outline of of uh, form, like a form, and um, like a lyrical rhythm that that I was that was my guide. Like I was going, I was taking out his lyrics and putting in my own and then sometimes there was changing the melody but it was basically I was working within his confines or Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the word would be but I had limitations that I was working under and I think that was a really, it was a really good way to work which because it's kind of like you had to stick to it's like you get if you set limitations for yourself you kind of have to do you're saying you might, you have to do it in this way mm. and um <clears throat> at the time for me it's felt like a really kind of a neat way to go because i sort of picked and tr- i tr- I took sort of where he started as a jumping off point and kind of then just steered it in a different direction, but keeping his, um, you know, his, his um, like an outline, you know, like a, if you know, like your outline of a story, mm-hmm. you just have to plug it in almost or something like that. And um, you also could find yourself, veering so far away that you've now taken it completely out of it's no longer an Uncle Dave song it's become your own song um and I know that and that's that is a thing that people did in folk music I mean you mentioned Bob Dylan I mean he took a lot of I think he was pretty brazen with his um borrowing (laughs) in a way I mean I, I think there was some um, and 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 there was old old songs where people took uh rewrote folk songs and and kept certain things and um with public domain music you can do that you can you know if it's over 100 years of old or something there's you, you you know you're allowed to do that so I think that's kind of an that that could be a fun thing for somebody to to work in that way and see how far you can take it Mm -hmm. maybe you take it completely out of the realm altogether that I did that with a couple that I took off the record because I started somewhere and it became so radically altered that it didn't fit anymore like it went too far out of the 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 um, you 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 know right away you're you're working on something and at a certain point you're you look back on you're like I've now this has departed this has gone too far out of the, the realm of something that fits with the rest of the music and so it it kind of just became my own song and I don't know what happened to it but um, <laughs> so that's 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 one tip if that if that makes sense
0: yeah so kind of using. Um, using something else as a starting point and having like a framework for what you're trying to do um, to work mm. within. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you it- can play with how much you want it to be really exact with maybe, maybe it's just the the, the rhythm of each line. You want mm. it to fit the way he did it, but you're writing all new words or, you know, maybe you're, you can, change the music but keep the words and then find there's some i don't know there's ways of going about um inspiring yourself if you give yourself rules sometimes
0: yeah it's a funny thing isn't it it's kind of like it feels almost counterintuitive that sometimes imposing restrictions gives you more freedom in a way if that makes sense yeah that's
1: that's how i felt with this one yeah it it it, because it can mean it all it can mean anything. You can say, you know, the whole the notion of "come along, buddy." It's just those words just sound nice and, or not nice, but they just sound. They have just like something. It uh, it's evocative of something, but it doesn't have to be evocative of of only what he was on about. Like you can be. Um, you know you can make things mean your own thing or you can keep things real um abstract which i like to do because then other people can um maybe put in their own meaning if it's if you're not too on the nose all the time
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah sounds like a fun way of working and i guess you could do it with different art forms as well, couldn't you? It's like, say so you've done it with the Uncle Dave songs, but like somebody could take like a, a poet's work and then say they're gonna put music to that, or an instrumentalist's work yeah. and put some lyrics to that, or, or yeah, oh, yeah. There's many different ways of doing it. Whether you're gonna change every line, or change the melody in different parts, or change some lines and not others, and yeah, there's Absolutely. a lot of scope for it. Yeah. And particularly, I guess, because one of the problems people have, I think, with getting started with songwriting, is what to write about. You know, like it's right. that's almost where that when you've got anything to write about, it can be hard to choose anything Absolutely. to write about <laughs> but if you've got an yeah. hour or a window, this is what I'm working in, it kind of gets you going right. a bit more, doesn't it? Exactly um, The other thing I was thinking of
1: is uh, um, with, with some of the stuff on Fuchsia Machu Picchu, my first record I took idea I took things that I heard my daughter say because mm-hmm. she would say certain things that was so so perfect but so strange and just not from like a normal adult mind but it wasn't stuff that's like oh that's some gibberish that like a yeah. baby said I mean like it was some real high level kind of genius stuff that I was like, oh, that is going to be a song and it's going to be amazing. And I think um, listening, just always listening to everything all the time that people say, but really listening to stuff that your kids say, because they, they're like in touch with some, you know, I feel like that those young minds have a way of, getting to like the heart of the matter in these funny ways um, that's why when i well not anymore because nobody goes to restaurants but when people were when we'd go to eat at a restaurant and i would see um like two parents and one kid and the kid is on like an ipad or a phone I'm like, are you guys seriously gonna squander? You're just, you need, you you so can't stand to talk to your child for like one, one hour that you have to just put a thing in front of their face. I'm like, it's your, it's everybody, it's everybody's loss. You guys are all losing. It's so sad because you're you're not you're missing opportunities. There's you know there's so many opportunities to hear things and, and connect with people and your own children that I see not happening and it makes me insane yeah um so that's my my second tip i would say is very much listen listen to i should probably keep a little notebook like a little tiny um you know just a little thing to jot things down because um once you open your ears and and mind to that way of thinking you start to I feel like then you start to hear things even more and more and more Mm. um but yeah my favorite thing is is listening to what my kids say yeah to get ideas
0: (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like great great results yeah yeah Um, yeah brilliant thank you very much two for one or three for one if you count the plant one um plant one (laughs) that's that's the main thing that's how it got me started (laughs) brilliant uh, let's move into section three now sherry this is where i asked my guest to share with us a song that's uh, relates in bereavement uh, a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement and what i do here is i'll put the link in the description so if you're listening to this at home and you're not familiar with the song you can click the link listen to it and come back and we're going to have a bit of a chat about it so uh, what song did you choose for us today i chose you by Juliette commager and
1: um she's also my wife and um I play on those, that song, and um, well, let's listen to it, and then.
0: Did yeah. we already listen to it? Okay. Well, <laughs> the link's in the description, so people listening to it can check it okay, out. And okay. Come back to us. Okay. <laughs> Are you playing percussion? Um,
1: yeah, I play percussion, and um, we produced it together, and um, this one is something where she's, this is after her grandmother died. And so she's wrote this song about going, you know, she's going through her things, which I think is such a, it's everything was just, you know, it's all laid out the way it was the moment, you know, she's all of this person's things are still right there as if they're still right, as if they're just gonna walk out of the door and be in a, you know, come out of another room and just be right there as if, like she was the minute before she passed away. You know, it's, and um, she's really just listing these things like her, her pillows and her jewelry and um, her photographs and her hairbrush, And she just says she will carry these things, I will carry these things for you. And it's, I love that notion so much. And I also, I mentioned, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but there's something about putting things in a certain way that's not so completely obvious or not so on the nose about um, saying exact you know keeping it a little more abstract and I feel just the the seeing somebody just you're just looking through this person's things mm-hmm. uh, on that uh, that's all it is on one level but it's it really you know she's it's each of these things are talismanic there's so much power behind each one of these things um, each little piece of silver um and uh the hair and her hairbrush and all that stuff and it's really that song is just very powerful to me i always like every time i hear it
0: yeah yeah it's very powerful and um i mean that's an element there's something to, like there's all these different parts of bereavement that like you most people don't think about and that's one of them what like i haven't thought about that in a long time and but if you're talking about it then maybe think back to after my grandma died and going to see a house and again it's just Mm -hmm. like the house is still there but she's not Mm -hmm. anymore and um, Mm -hmm. yeah it's just one of the things that's it is a very strange experience isn't it things are just left as if as if the person's going to come and pick them up again and then Mm -hmm. someone else has got to you've got to decide what to do with them
1: exactly and it's it's you we go sometimes there's you know estates i don't know if they have the same type of thing like you can go to estate sales where you there's it's like an entire person's an entire house of things is being sold and it's because these people or this person they passed away and so now they're selling this entire house of things and all these people are in there and you can sometimes get good deals on things. And you know, like we got a patio, like a 1960s patio furniture set from this house. But on the other hand, you're just going through, you're like, this This is somebody's entire life that just, of all the things they collected and all the things they surrounded themselves with and loved or didn't, but had and it's, it became, it was hard to, to separate that from these things. It was like, these things were too, there was so much like emotion. We didn't even know these people, but we're like, ah, this is too, like, even though we got a great deal on this patio furniture set, we were kind of like, I don't think we can go back to this. Like, I don't think we can go to another one of these. It was just too, like, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. Uh, it's just—it's so like this. Just all these things are just like left to be, just scattered. But I'm not saying what. It's not like they should be buried like with yeah. things, like the the pharaohs of Egypt. <laughs> I mean, that's not—that's not what I'm. I don't yeah. know. It's just you know, it's just it, hard to not think about those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, not what you mean like yeah, burying some of all the cutlery and all the towels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything um. goes
1: into my coffin. I must take <laughs> it all
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think we have them over here, if we, if we do, I've not heard of them um, yeah and then the, what is it just someone there is it is it somebody from the family that sells the stuff, or is it someone hired to i
1: think I think the family hires an estate sale person, I don't know what their name is, but yeah. like, what it's called, and they and they, and it's You know, there's, you, there's a lot of old houses near where we live. um, And there's, you know, like they have these beautiful, old. there's the mid-century houses from the fifties and sixties. So everything kind of looks, has that feel. And, and then there's the old Spanish style houses and you kind of, it's, uh, yeah, and then there's all these people like you can get everything like f- furniture, plates, um, art. The sometimes the art that was on their walls, um, spoons, fixing <laughs> <laughs> spoons. Um, yeah, and, and and it's less expensive and it's nice to have. We like old things. We don't. We we have we live in an old house and we like. Um, we just very much like hold everything to be just have a feel to it so um it's a it's a good way to go but we we kept commenting like god of all you know this couple or this whoever lived here and we're just in amongst all of their things that got left behind and are now just
0: being rifled through (laughs) yeah yeah strange thing (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah it's, it's a beautiful song it's very powerful and um Again, it's another one of them just beautiful observations, isn't it? You know, like you were saying about being aware of like things your daughter says, and you know, knowing mm-hmm. that that's a song there, where you get to right. think about that situation? And yeah, I don't think, I don't, like, I don't think of it's not a, again, it's not another song that I can think of that deals with that, expresses that in that way. You know, it's not a common yeah, theme yeah. in songs. To, you know there's a lot of right. songs about bereavement, but that angle of it of um, what's left behind in that way. Um, again, it feels exactly. very original, so it's very well observed to see that and write a song about it yeah well
1: i'm i'm happy to share it with everybody it's a,
0: yeah i love it it's a great record yeah yeah it's a great song um yes thank you much for your time Matthew. it's been a pleasure talking to you i've really enjoyed it well thank you so much for having me i did too and um i can i can highly recommend your record to anyone listening to go and listen to the whole thing it's uh i've been yeah, able to a lot over the last few months <laughs> and, uh, I've oh that's so great to hear um and we'll talk we'll talk briefly before the podcast but um but hopefully getting some tarring over here hopefully later in the year maybe well you know
1: there is there's dates being booked or reserved or however they're doing it um, for november and so leeds is on there and manchester and uh london and bristol um some other names that I wasn't familiar with and I'm hoping to do a really want to go to Galway in Ireland mm, and I think there's an Edinburgh date so I I hope it's hard to imagine I know we were talking oh, yeah. about how you did an outdoor thing but I just it's like it's it's hard even to watch movies pre you know I'm I look at all these people in a room together and I'm like ah, what are you guys, (laughs) what are you doing, (laughs) you know, like, it's hard to watch anything now where you see people, so I'm just thinking, like, playing in front of a bunch of people just, it seems really hard to imagine, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I I, I hope we all, everybody, I I heard from some people in Italy that they're kind of going back now to another extreme lockdown, so I guess, we just have to hope that everybody gets their vaccine or something, or I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, touch wood it all kind of keeps moving forward in the right direction. We don't get, yeah, don't have to go back to any more lockdowns and things can just get yeah. back to some form of normality. Um, but yeah, that great to see you in Leeds if uh, you can. As I mentioned to you, I run my birthday time in November, so that'd be a, yeah. Do you know what venue you're looking at in Leeds? Um, putting you on the spot. A bit I
1: there. don't. No, I I don't. I, um what day is your birthday the seventh the seventh i think that's right before i think the first thing would be like i know that there's a london on the 12th let me see um, okay leeds do you know howard assembly rooms oh, assembly rooms yeah
0: do you know that yeah yeah it's a nice menu okay yeah that's a great venue actually that would be, that'd be lovely to see you on there it's a very atmospheric place okay Brilliant. Yeah. leeds howard <laughs> assembly <laughs> rooms you heard
1: it here first yeah yeah I'll, uh, I'll be first in line for my ticket when it's when on sale
0: <laughs>
1: now i don't think any of this is set in stone yet so i don't want to you know yeah but but that's what we're hoping for
0: yeah yeah well I'll keep my fingers yeah. crossed Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks a lot for your time. And yeah, I wish you all the best with the rest of the record. And yeah, hopefully see you in November. All right.
1: Well, we'll be in touch. We have, do I have one of us? I have we'll we'll be we'll be in communication and and make sure I'll let you know when things come together.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks a lot for your time, Akeem. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. Okay. Been a pleasure talk soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in everyone. We'll be back with another episode soon.